0: Thank you for choosing Talks News, your only source to the technocratic oligarchy that is liberalism. A mouthful, I know. I'm your host, anonymous viewer, synonymous listener, and sensual podcaster. Um, the date is March 22nd, 2021, and we begin with a POA. Pledge allegiance to liberty and justice for all. All Alright, diving deep, head first. And of course it begins with the weekly update coming from Militia Watch every wonderful Monday. The Boomtown Rats might not have liked it, but with these weekly updates I'm into Mondays. Garfield wasn't digging it, but he wasn't going to militia.watch and getting his weekly updates. So it begins Militia Watch would like to extend our deepest condolences to the friends, family, and communities impacted by the brutal attacks on Atlanta area spas this past week. It's an absolute tragedy, and our hearts ache for those impacted. I am not a part of Militia Watch. I merely like doing these updates, but I appreciate the sentiment. Now, to get into the nitty-gritty, this week, the update features the following and more. Ammon Bundy spends night in jail for missing court date due to refusal to don mask. Texas 3%ers member arrested in connection to J6 planning to use LLC to purchase weapons for militia group. Michigan militia was prepared to engage police or feds in combat informant details. And then we have ODNI releases ridiculous quote-unquote terror risk report. And we begin with Ammon Bundy being arrested. Ammon Bundy of the Bundy Ranch family, name and a national leader for the People's Rights Organization, covered in this IREHR report, spent around 30 hours in jail this past week. He was arrested on a warrant after missing his trial due to his refusal to wear a mask to show up in court. There was yelling surrounding his initial attempt to enter the court in at a county commissioner asked the judge to accommodate bundy over the affair bundy told the judge that he was miserable in jail and he posted two videos to his video hosting channels to complain about the situation ah uh, that's funny so uh they have a little ad here it says jails are admittedly quite miserable places which probably should be a fact known around the united states especially given their poor response regarding covid19 for example at the last at the end of last year one in five prisoners actively had the virus the same studies that discuss mental health regarding covid19 lockdown can also be applied directly to the entirety of the u.s prison system all the time so let that sink in for a moment as we move on to this next bit of update speaking of jails an alleged Aryan Brotherhood leader Ronald Dean Yondel sued the sheriff in Sacramento this week over the poor conditions of the county jail. (laughs) Oh, man. I I like how they have like a critique of how the government does things when they have to go to jail. That's pretty funny. Shouldn't be as funny as I find it. Because, yeah, jails are bad places. Um, so we have J6 updates guy refit, a capital stormer turned in by his kids after he threatened them, apparently told his Texas three percenters group that they would do it again after the storming on the January of 9th, he typed out quote, I have a new security business t- to circumvent the second amendment issue, TTP security services, LLC, unquote, describing his attempts to use a business to acquire more deadly weapons for his group. This is why the FBI marked this as a grave threat to our national security. These people are plotting and scheming on how to overthrow the the Democrats who they perceive to be tyrants. But as far as Republicans go, I guess they're in the safer margin. Um, unless they're a quote-unquote rhino, as they call them these days, which are basically people who weren't uh, loyal to Trump. So good, good. Thriving authoritarianism. Good. Quote, website is under construction, but business is licensed with Secretary of State Texas DPS and Texas Board of Private Security. We can get ammo and weapons available to law enforcement. We have an in- we have an interior certified training officer. Join us and let's take back our country. That fight has only just begun. Unquote. That's coming from Guy Reffitt of the Texas Three Percenters. Reffitt. Later also added, quote, I'm not done yet. I got a lot more to do. That's the beginning, unquote, according to documents submitted to the courts. Timothy Hale uh, Cusinelli, a U.S. Army reservist and security contractor with secret level clearance, was charged this past week for taking part in the J6 storming cool he was well known around his base as a nazi and anti semite 30 <laughs> and in parentheses it says here uh, 34 over 44 of his colleagues interviewed by ncis agreed that he held extremist views about jewish people minorities and women <sighs> he, w- he even was disciplined by a superior for wearing a hitler mustache around the base of which he took selfies still on his phone at time of arrest That mustache is never going to make a clean comeback. Like, not even Michael Jordan could get away with it. Please, if you're in the Army, let's not pretend we're the Gestapo or the SS. Um, Roger Stone appeared in two court filings this past week, provided as a link between Oath Keepers charged by the DOJ. Oath Keepers texted ahead of J6 about the security detail operations for Stone at the rally. Jessica Watkins, who faces conspiracy charges, said that it sounds like a sweet gig. No case has yet been submitted against him, though it seems almost inevitable at this point. Coming for Roger Stone and his ties to the Oath Keepers. Delicious. A riot suspect and former South Georgia police officer was denied a request to sell guns while awaiting trial. (laughs) The request came as part of a proposed bond modification and was denied by the judge. This is every bit of militia news is just getting wackier. I'm under investigation, but I still need to sell my guns. Is it okay if I sell my guns? And it's just like, dude, you have ties to militias right now. It's not, it's not a good time, homie. You know, maybe file for unemployment. I don't know. Uh, the wife of an FBI task force member was arrested this week for her connection to the J6 Capitol storming. The woman, Jennifer Marie Heinel, had been in contact over Facebook with another J6 par- participant for weeks to plan travel to the gathering. Which makes sense. I mean, this this uh, thing was known around the country as an event and people planned their lives around it. But interesting. Um, Capital security measures are set to scale back a bit due to, quote unquote, lack of threat two months after the after the storming. Um, And this is not D.C. related, but a Seattle Nazi pled guilty for his threats against media in Olympia, Washington on the 6th of January. He was given six months for the threats Uh, no media seems to have reported on the fact that during his verbal assaults of press and pro-trump demonstrators he had a hitler youth style knife attached to the webbing of his plate carrier and we are followed with a picture of him with said knife so um you know trump might have gone into a little bit more of a quiet slumber kind of whispering from a blanket but these nazis are still out in our streets All right, we got Michigan updates, another pop in place. So in the Wolverine Watchmen court proceedings, Paul Bellars role in the plot has been discussed this past week. One story from the trial involves a uh, May 3rd, 2020 trip to a Home Depot parking lot to buy a firearm. Several members of the militia group were there as backup because they were worried that the seller might be an undercover officer or federal agent. Velar was allegedly looking through the scope of his rifle at people entering the store to see if he could spot any undercover officers. Cool, this is a healthy, healthy society. The informant who was wearing a wire told Feds to keep police clear of the area to avoid possibly lethally violent situation. They should uh, should they arrive on scene by chance. Interesting. Interesting. So the informant was there. They were, their, paranoid was, their paranoia was correct, but obviously they're doing things in plotting to overthrow Michigan's government. So that's all right. This is good. This is all healthy stuff. We're not. Nothing to worry about. Joshua Doctor, another Michigan man, was also charged this week with threatening to kill Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Missioner Governor Gretchen Whitmer. He said he wanted to be the catalyst for the next American Civil War, according to the charges. I really don't like how excited people are to bomb and destroy our own streets. Like, that's crazy. Wow. Just literally wow. I cannot wait till we're so divided that we're killing cousins. Cool. Um, he was also fairly explicit, saying he would, quote, use a gun to shoot and kill the elected f- officials, unquote. Yes. Yes, and this is why we love Militia Watch Update, because this this stuff just flies quietly under the radar. Um, other miscellaneous updates is gun shop owner Chad Walsh, who is suspected of links to 3%ers' movement, is running for sheriff. That's me clapping, because... Militias and law enforcement go hand in hand like some other group that went hand in hand with the police, if you've ever heard that chant. Um, He was previously the center of controversy as he refused to close his indoor shooting range after lockdown orders came into effect. He even alluded to the reason the three percenters is called the three percent, saying in an interview, the widely discredited discredited figure that, quote, three percent of colonists when we fought, the British stood up and fought for us, unquote. After his shop closed, Walsh became a police officer for Moose Lake PD in Carleton County, adding that he, quote, really enjoys being a police officer, unquote. Yet no duh. All right, anyways, Timothy John Watson, the man who ran the portable wall hanger site and store, pled guilty to weapons charge this past week. And there's more in the updates if you want to get dive into that. Uh, The officer of the director of national intelligence put out a report on quote unquote domestic violent violent extremists this past week that lumps together right-wing militia groups and anti-capitalist anarchists under a quote anti-government anti-authority violent extremists unquote it is a fairly incoherent summary table and four-page report wow to be fair as animal rights environmental and violent extremists are also equated in the same way to far right actors the ultra vague racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists is also included on the table, which itself has provided cover for intelligence operations to pursue pursue black identity extremists alongside white nationalists, even after the former term was widely identified as a as a as reason for concern by human rights legal organizations. It doesn't appear in this table explicitly, but there have been transparency concerns about this, even though the FBI claims to have abandoned the term two years ago. Here's the ODNI report table for reference. Um, Yeah, I mean, the government is going to use any legislation against any kind of dissent, whether it comes from the left wing or right wing. I think the thing that I learned from Trump's presidency is that um one militia group or at least form of extreme ideology is much closer to gripping power than a lot of the others but still when um you know neoliberals and you know the liberal um elites are still in power i don't really see them allowing extremism to take over but yet we are speaking in a place of late stage capitalism and we're kind of treading in who knows kind of waters with the uh you know, half of the century coming up. So I don't really know what's going to happen. But it did seem appear to me that the extremist far right nationalists have a bigger platform and chance at power through the Republican Party than say any of the far left extremist groups. Um, so there's that because you you can hide it whether or not but uh, um, uh, the establishment worked to pass a lot of the policies that Trump had put had implemented. So there's, There's a big support for authoritarian nationalism in this country. Um, So just keeping an eye on it. And for further readings, Militia Watch provides on uh, Palmetto State Armory lobbying Congress despite their obvious Boogaloo products. Cool. There's another one on Ammon Bundy's move to anti-mask martyr from Vice. And from the Daily Beast, there's J6 suspects trying to do PR work in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) gotta clean up that public image because if anything if you're like a revolutionary insurrectionist then you're gonna need um you know propaganda and a bunch of people believing that you're standing for a message yeah 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 all right so that's that's all cool stuff i love that the far-right nationalists just don't sleep that's that keeps me asleep at night all right. So we begin with culture war, culture war, culture war, culture war, culture war, because right wing pundits, right wing media, the RWM is a vacant, substanceless party only feeding the nutrition of this podcast for something to do and for right now we're focusing on them attacking sarah silverman because uh she doesn't need me to defend her and i love her work but the things that they say um really have a lot to do with people feeling disaffected from uh, the political system in general so i'm not here to necessarily defend uh sarah silverman because i haven't seen the full segment i just know that she uh has a certain feeling towards the left and right political parties that were forced to choose between every two to four years and i can relate to that now let's get into the unfortunate events that are right-wing media crowder take it away is crowder First, this okay. is
1: something that obviously is near and dear to our hearts, Brian, uh, Brian, myself, Gerald, not so much. But you know uh, what? You're welcome to talk. Thank you. Um, this last week, Sarah Silverman. For people who don't remember, Let's
0: see if I can get. I'm going to get some different quality on this. My computer doesn't remember. Have Sarah
1: TV Silverman or... made her entire living, made her bones, her career through shock comedy. And then decided to slam the door shut behind yeah. her, pull up the ladder, yep. and tell everyone else that they shouldn't be offensive, that they shouldn't be cutting edge, that we need to be careful about what we say. But now she is saying that she's tired of being a Democrat because of the absolutism that she's she's basically been their enforcer in chief yeah. in Hollywood. So here's her making the comments about uh, her disillusion with the Democrats.
0: I don't know how Sarah Silverman is the enforcer in chief of the leftist party. I like what authority does she have to do anything? Like people are allowed to express their uh, opinions of political views and all of their stances and talk about this stuff without being some kind of enforcer or somebody who, yeah, that's weird. She has like no authority whatsoever. She has a platform. She uses it to advocate for uh, policies that she finds in the best interests of everyone, from what I can understand. Brent. It's the
2: absolutist ness of the party I am in. That is such a turnoff to me. It's so fucking elitist, <laughs> you know. For something called progressive, it allows for zero progress. I know,
1: right? It's <laughs> all or nothing. That's no steps saying.
2: toward. All or fucking nothing. Again, righteousness porn. I think I don't want to be associated with any party anymore. It just, it comes with too
0: much baggage.
1: So do your new oh. shows uh, <laughs> that are not like funny. This isn't, this isn't.
0: See, when what's funny too is like immediately after coming out of that clip, we're not focusing on what she said. We're, we're, we're ad hominem attacking the character or just uh, the, the fact that she's more successful than Crowder as far as like an entertainment career goes. So that's uh, I-, I love that that as soon as we get out of talking the political position of somebody, we get really petty and then talk about them.
1: not comedy more, it's a one woman show. Oh, yeah. what does that mean? I'm going to berate you and get an award.
0: Yeah,
3: but at least I, mean, it was-
0: I see where she's coming from, because the difficult situation that we're starting to see from the left wing media or I guess the liberal media or legacy media, whatever you want to call it is that they're showing a slight bias towards making it a lot easier on uh, Biden as they are as they did to Trump. Like every day from the liberal media was an attack on Trump and really just like going through on a fine tooth comb and finding where he fucked up and what could outrage people to the point of viewing their um their media, but now they have their Democrat uh, president back in office. So they actually return to form with more of a, um, you know, cleaning up of how the establishment looks, which is essentially what CNN has been doing for liberal parties for a little bit. Um, My software, my software froze and I don't know how much that hurts the consistency of the podcast. So I'm gonna have to turn off the capturing. This might be how I have to upload it on YouTube every time now. That's sad. I have to get a computer with a bit more, uh, GP or a CPU in it. That sucks. It threw me off my point too. But uh, with the liberal media, there is the bias is showing that it's more of a propaganda machine that kind of cleans up uh, the Democratic Party a bit and still also works on the manufactured consent so that we can, uh, you know, pursue the quote unquote national interests. So that's the unfortunate thing that shows out of the Democratic Party is that even when it's hitting short of its marks of its promises, CNN is there almost in not 100% in the Fox News way of outright misinformation and lying, but it's at least cleaning up the situation to make the situation not sound as bad as it is
3: sarah like i know sarah and i actually really like her and i think she's a hell of a comic i really
0: and i love that brian callan comes in here to say that he loves sarah silverman because brian callan is actually really tuned into the comic community and that community has its own culture going on that i'm not really that sure crowder's too plugged into because of him going more into politics than being comedy um, and Brian Callen, I think, is aware that if he tr- completely trashes Sarah Silverman's character here on this podcast for the sake of Crowder's audience, then because the right hates Sarah Silverman, and we're going to learn that in the next segment. But if Brian Callen was to jump into that dog pile, he would be ostracized by a lot of comedians for doing so and probably be 2 faced And it's very funny to me the fact that Brian Callen is even put into this position
3: she was yeah i I don't know what happened maybe she's not doing that that stuff anymore i know she got i think kicked out of the ted thing or she got stopped when she was doing a ted talk because she was making fun of somebody who was who had down syndrome yeah
0: which is interesting too because crowder was just saying how she doesn't do shock comedy more and that she's pulled it back so that she can be more aware of people's sensibilities and feelings and brian callan actually responds with like here's maybe why that would be he doesn't explain it in that way but he did explain like she kind of did get in trouble for making fun of down syndrome at a ted talk so like maybe that was sarah silverman's awareness of like well i can't have this kind of comedy everywhere then but crowder's still going to use it as a low blow point because they thrive off the offensiveness i mean crowder went viral just the other day for being super racist
3: but um I at least, at least, she's speaking about it. But the one thing I notice is that the, the path to redemption is to come back to the Progressive Party, right? right? Yeah. So, so it's 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 I, that's the only thing I'd say is that look, we gotta we gotta give him a path to come back, but that right. means back toward us, right? Back. That doesn't us. mean well, you, you. That's have, what unity means.
0: See, and then I f- I like that he can't join in on the bashing of Sarah Silverman's character, but he can at least join in the conservatives, uh, like inclination towards tribalism is that you know now that she's disaffected we have to make sure that she comes back to us and we have a stronger party with her and the thing is though is that Sarah Silverman was extremely critical of Trump and I don't think she likes Republicans whatsoever and so she's seeing that the Democrats aren't really um, meeting the ideals of what they claim to be and the Republicans still haven't changed from probably what she's already considered them to be so she doesn't have she's feeling disaffected from the whole political system because that's all we've got to choose if you go third party your percentage in votes is going down below 20% and your person is never going to win So it's a it's a bigger, broader problem here than just retaining people back into the Republican Party. There's millions of people feeling this way that are just leaving these parties and voting third party because they'd rather vote with their conscience and their morals than actually just go with the guy who's more likely to win.
3: There's no point. You have zero point of view that's valid if you are on the right. Hey, 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 hey. I'm a bit real with y'all. Didn't y'all hear that Biden's a party of unity? Okay,
1: well, what does that mean? Come over here or I'll Molotov cocktail, y'all. Oh,
3: well. Wow.
0: And that's Crowder's form of a joke, which I don't understand because there's... What is that even in reference to? Who Who is doing that? Like... Are we all supposed to feel like that's a super relatable joke? Like, oh, man, those leftists just want us all to bow down to Biden all the time. That's such a good joke, man. No, dude. it 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 was such a leap in logic, too, because she's not even advocating for us to join and unify on the Biden party. Or is that in reference to the whole absolutism because that that is an actual problem, too, that I've been seeing through Twitter is that a lot of people aren't willing to criticize Joe Biden in the same way that they will Trump and that they're just glad now that they have a Democrat in office and they no longer have to pay attention. Oh, well that doesn't sound like
1: cool. it doesn't sound well and she no. doesn't even apologize for her role in making it what it is i think that's the the irony is like i have made this something that i don't like and i want to leave the party yeah. by it's the, like, the, what, the democrat party is a party. You know, yeah she's like well, they're so elitist oh i wonder who's been talking about elitism you've called them nazis and populist racist people talking about elitists the swamp though
0: they're making leap of logics here and they're also filling sarah silverman's mouth with a lot of words so i don't Like it's you can call um, far right people or Republicans who show nationalism in their policies, Nazis. You can do that without uh, assuming that they're elitists. You know, a lot of Nazis weren't necessarily a part of the elite class, Um, but you can also while calling them Nazis, you can also acknowledge that the Democrats mostly take care of corporations and companies. And that's very elitist in that aspect as well.
1: Those who no longer represent no no longer uh, represent a government for the people by the people, right? This is something we've been talking about for a long time. But why has it gotten so absolutist? Hmm. Let's go to the tail of the tape, Miss Silverman.
2: Anyone should say express themselves as they should see fit, and if there are consequences, that's part of it.
3: Nick Cannon
1: brought like up like you tweets, going are you after you them on
0: Twitter. See, and that's so weird for Crowder to do that. So one, she actually argued for um, free speech absolutism, which I'm not even sure I can agree on a hundred percent because hate speech is a son of a bitch. But at the same time, if somebody's going to be absolutely certain in the First Amendment that anybody can say anything, then I also too agree with Sarah Silverman that they have to be willing to take consequences for their free speech. What I find funny is, is that Crowder reverses this role of that she doesn't accept the criticism of when she calls someone else out, but it's still part of her role. He thinks that he pointed out a contradiction of hers that isn't even there or that she has stated. Like if, If she's critiquing somebody, it's probably because they said something and that doesn't, that doesn't free them up from being critiqued or facing consequences from other people. So she's actually being very consistent in that. And if she doesn't allow people to say what she says based off of what, you know, if she doesn't allow consequences for her own free speech, then, then there's the contradiction. But that hasn't been stated and that hasn't been shown. You're just calling it out in the middle of her talking
1: saying anything that could be perceived as homophobic yeah yeah
2: i'm done with that yeah i think i can find other ways to be funny yeah definitely i mean i used to say gay all the time well oh, that's so gay we're from boston we go that's what we say in boston i have gay friends i just say gay and then i heard myself and i realized i was like the guy who said what i say colored i have colored friends. i say
0: colored. I the go- guy and then crowder goes i say colored <laughs> because he has to remind everybody that he's more offensive than Sarah Silverman and that's why you should laugh at his jokes I just finished <laughs> Jews
2: don't count by David Baddiel he, he is really insightful about the conceit of Jews are rich and how racist that is <gasps> I look like the beautiful Queen Latifah
0: and they're showing an episode of Sarah Silverman out of context of Sarah Silverman in blackface. So, I mean, I would need a lot more explanation than just outright being pissed that she's in blackface. That's, a, that's another deeper conversation. And, like, just jumping in between these and uh, pointing out a contradiction from an old segment of her show compared to who she is today, not really fair. And doing all this bashing without an offering to defend herself, again, not very fair. This isn't good faith... Um, it's not even journalism. It's just not even, it's just not even good faith podcasting. I don't know what to call this.
2: Well, our president threw another party for himself, another rally full of laughs and cheering, all at the expense of a woman who shared her story of sexual assault. Senators, please believe me when I say this is no longer a job interview. This is a line in the sand. And you have to pick a side. And the side is no longer Republican or Democrat. Your vote is a statement
1: ironically with governor cuomo it's a face print in the sand get down there you <laughs> like it i just it's okay is it really well what about cuomo what about Terry reed and joe biden the yeah. inconsistency knows no bounds and we know
0: but that's the thing is that they they picked a clip specifically from an old show during donald trump's presidency when i think it was probably related to brett kavanaugh's accusations here's the thing is that You didn't show a clip or you didn't ask her what she felt about the Cuomo's allegations or what she felt about Joe Biden's question or allegations or really anybody's for that matter, besides that one clip. So it's not really fair to assume her position of, what about Cuomo? What about Joe Biden? Unless you actually get her words, because she's already said that she is not with the Democratic Party, so she's not there defending them either. So what are we doing, Crowder? We're filling somebody's mouth. You're representing somebody else's position, and that's not really a healthy way to try and have civil discourse with the other side, buddy.
1: This, me, Brian, we know about cancel culture. We know yeah. about the, the all the fake me too that happens. Yep. Believe all women. Now it's, well, you know, Biden had to answer. said, let's let the investigation run its course. Oh, wait, hold on a second. So either we have to go back to due process, which is what we've always advocated. About, and throw out all of the believe all women with no evidence, or you find yourself in a tough spot. This is the issue yeah. right now. It's like, look.
0: But that's the thing is in a lot of these high profile cases, it's always during like a, a Supreme Court's, um, job or during an election that these allegations come out and there's no actual investigation that goes into it and we can't even pretend that the republicans were okay with the idea of having the 26 women that had uh allegations against trump that they were in support of them finding out the truth because that wasn't the case they pushed the misogyny aside of from trump and allowed and voted for him anyways so like we can't pretend that they're the party that cares now either they're just as guilty as the democrats who also voted in clarence thomas who did the same thing and brett kavanaugh so let's not pretend that this is just a one party thing and she's going to realize that and go to the Republican side, because if you look clear enough, it's both parties.
1: Look, I understand and you want to be gracious, but it's got to sting a little bit because you made sure that people like us weren't able to speak. And by people like us, I mean half the country who elect presidents.
0: Okay. And again, so for one, overstating the power of the of the Republican Party or even the power of voters. because. Less than a third or even just about a third of the country votes. So a, a half of a third is not half of the country. And I hate repeating that point, but I did it again. And the, the other thing is, is that he needs to provide proof how she enforced on anybody um, not to speak or to what they, be, what they call be canceled because he has no proof. He's just aligning her with leftism and the leftist mob that exists on the Internet and saying that she is the cause of all these cancellations, which is just is such a leap of logic that you just don't even care to pay attention to any linkage of anything other than leftist bad, bad.
1: Not former vice president. Also, <laughs> yeah. uh, now you have Andrew Cuomo. When the left is using the word "cancel culture," now, yeah. unironically, y- you know that it was a political tool because now they're coming for them, the mob with torch and pitchfork. The and revolution it, eats its young. The it's revolution young? Yeah. eats. It's a its,
0: snake eating its own tail. Well, I don't what think
1: Cuomo wouldn't put Cuomo young. No.
0: See, what do, you, like, what do you even mean by that? Like, the revolution's eating Cuomo as if he's not a part of the establishment. Like, he made the same errors as a corrupt politician would, and he's facing accountability. But now somehow we're canceling our own, and we've gone cross the line when we actually hold them accountable? What are we arguing about here? It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't with the Republican Party. But they say it's better that you don't because people who are in positions of power know better than you. It's a very complicated life to live on the top, making all these things tough decisions, and they might slip, cheat on their wife, or do the usual sexual harassment. But these are stressful jobs, people.
1: The revolution eats its peop, Jerry, who if they were (laughs) the victim of their own nursing home policies would be assuming room temperature, (laughs) but it's pretty hard to put on a bumper sticker.
0: I definitely sit on the side as well that Cuomo should have been answering more for the uh, nursing home policy, which was also implemented in other states, including Republican states. And if this contributed to the death of, uh, of elderly people, then maybe those people should actually face accountability for their choices as leaders, no matter what party they sit on. I've been on, that, I've been on that train since the reports came out of Cuomo doing that. It's very unfortunate that they base literally everybody's views just off of what CNN is saying. Uh, here's Cuomo Steve. right now. Here's Cuomo. I was saying he's it's old so he, harsh. he would
1: die. All right, here's a clip of Cuomo.
3: People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. Let the review proceed. I'm not going to resign. Well, oh, uh, there. There it go. almost
1: seems like we've heard <laughs> this before. But you were the ones saying cancel culture is not a thing. These same people would say, you know what? Right now, look at the right talking about Dr. Seuss cancel. These are silly issues. Look, look, the banning of books is a big deal. And you can say, well, the company.
0: Nobody banned the book. The company that owns Dr. Seuss decided not to reproduce those books. It's what it is, Crowder.
1: ...chose to do it right with Dr. Seuss. The reason they chose to do it is because you guys put legal pressure and you boycott everybody into your dogmatic secular religion. That to...
0: But isn't that the beauty of capitalism that you always equate to freedom is that we have the choice to decide with our dollar? So if a company's decidedly ignorant and bigot that we decide through our monetary democracy that we're not going to support that. Isn't that what you usually argue for in the beauty of capitalism, Crowder? But now it's a problem because it's used to better a, a, a culture or progress it along. That's, it, that's why are we at that point now? Why can't people just decide with their dollar what to do with their money?
1: To me is more important than a stimulus because what's another few trillion dollars at this point? I'm against it. But once you start removing language, banning books, like on Amazon now. And they are. You can no longer have books and where people who
3: transitioned. Yes. are. Regretting well, it, which irreparable is irreparable damage, irreparable damage, that Great book, book which, was, which was banned. Remember, if, if Amazon starts banning books, publishers are going to say to authors, yeah. they're going to say, I, You can't write that book because I can't sell that book. No yeah. publisher is going to take, put money into a book that can't be sold on Amazon. Right. So it is de facto not only not only burning books, not only censoring books, but you're going to stop people from. There's no incentive to write a book if I can't get it
0: out there. Right,
3: and what it's going to do, by the way, is create a.
0: That's very weird because there are, publishers can sell directly off of their website, and it's kind of weird to assume too that like Amazon is literally the only way that people are going to be able to sell their books out, outright. Because if you're a, um, I don't know, good writer and you're tuned into the to, to to the whole sphere, you will go through. People will get your book. There's several books that I got through. Um, what is it called? Zero books. Like And I went directly through the publisher, which also supports the publisher without having to su- support Amazon. So there, there's um, better reasons than that. Um, and we should be worri- more worried at the fact that Amazon does have that much power um, rather than blaming the people who got Amazon to ban that book from selling it on their platform. I think it's a bigger issue that you guys think that Amazon is the only place to get books or find books
3: parallel economy i think all of a sudden i think what i the reason i like the marketplace is that now there's now there's probably room for
0: somebody all right
1: don't do your ben shapiro advocating bitcoin (laughs) (laughs) when you think of cryptocurrency and then dark web well actually
0: but that's a serious thing and that's what they're doing in a lot of areas especially with like daily wire becoming its own streaming service rumors have been floating around that trump's starting his own social media app or website platform or whatever. So there there obviously is a way, just like how Fox News was created to perpetuate right-wing agenda, is that the right-wingers if they're not supported off of these other things they have the money they have they're supported by billionaires who accumulate trillions of dollars they can start their own platforms that make it impossible for other people to deplatform them the only thing is is the reason why they want access to these platforms is because it does have a wider range rather than the pigeonhole and pocketing people it, it actually broadens the outreach of their of their stuff so that's the only reason why they why is that they want to swoop in these disaffected people as soon as they're disaffected, so that there's no other choice but the left or the right.
1: I am mean, messing in <laughs> quite a bit, and uh, well, Jews are more wealthy, but that's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, with cancel culture, the thing about uh, Cuomo, the, the irony is he he killed. By his policies, he killed hundreds, if not thousands, of people, and that's not why they're coming after him. I want him to be canceled for killing grandparents. It's I know not they're because coming I'm after the him Curve
0: because at the very the most that we know. Yeah, it's obvious that you guys wouldn't want him canceled for sexual harassment because you don't care when your leaders do it either. But I, too, agree that if this policy was implemented and it was poorly implemented, there should be some serious consequences to that. And it should be investigated in the several other states that also implemented that policy, which we seem to be ignoring constantly on these right wing talking shows, is that they only focus on Cuomo doing it and not necessarily any of the other states that also did it, too
1: right now is inappropriate conduct towards women that was unwanted right that's all we know we don't know rape. yeah yet. i don't, don't want to i don't want to do the whole people alleging yeah. he's a rapist stuff. He, right right it's with that's cuomo i will say you know what i don't think he deserves to uh be to, to be forced to resign for the accusations that right we're i but, really don't but killing people killing maybe, people maybe that's something that's we should problem. focus that's on. Where I.
0: i think he should resign for both He should resign for both. I like it's so weird that Crowder's being that obvious that he does not care about um, like patriarchal sexual harassment.
1: I would for me, that's my intern's
3: face print in the sand is killing people <laughs> once we've gone past that. But you're talking about proportion now. That's crazy uh, talk. I know, yeah. You know, it's, it, when when they were talking about Cuomo, I read some of the allegations Like he touched a woman's back inappropriately and said and asked personal questions. And that person, I've read a couple of articles that they're calling that person a survivor. I think wow. that's a yeah. little bit insulting it to is. women yeah. that have really gone through terrible things or just people who survived really life-threatening situations it's yeah.
0: just yeah but now you're creating guidelines for a suffering olympics as if like other people's suffering is more valid than other people's suffering which uh that's that's a terrible case to make in in sexual allegations um just because a lot of interactions in that um sphere can be traumatic So I don't I don't I don't like playing the suffering Olympics. I'd rather just alleviate suffering.
3: There's just no proportion, man.
0: Yeah. And you didn't help. You didn't help at all. So thanks, Callan. God, I hate I hate that show so much and I just can't stop covering it. Moving on now to the same topic, but from a different talking head. Michael Knowles, another one that for some reason I just keep gravitating towards. Let's get it, Michael. Let's cover the same topic we just did.
4: People beginning to wake up a little bit to this. Obviously, some people on the right have been woke to this from the top, but even some people on the left are waking up to the oligarchic tendencies, technocratic oligarchic tendencies, this tendency to take power for a handful of elites on the left. Sarah Silverman, a left... And
0: yet that's not a thing of the right. Like it has nothing to do with the military industrial complex, the prison complex, the big pharma. A lot of those things don't benefit. It, it may not be technocratic, but it, it might be oligarchical.
4: ...wing comedian. Certainly not a conservative, this lady. She was just complaining about about the Democratic Party and how elitist it's all become.
2: It's the Absolutist ness (coughs) of the party I am in.
0: Clip as Crowder show. That
2: is such a turnoff to me. It's so elitist. (laughs) You know, for something called progressive, it allows for zero progress. It's all or nothing. No steps toward. All or nothing.
4: So I sympathize with her her exasperation. I guess I empathize with it too, but I don't think she's right. I don't think what she's saying is exactly, I don't think it's all or nothing. I think the way the left has won in this country on, at least on the cultural matters is through incremental change. Uh, this is actually the
0: time. Because that's how culture evolves incrementally. That's how almost everything evolves. And Michael Knowles, not, not everything changes instantaneously. And if it does, it's probably because you didn't notice the tiny things that led to that reaction
4: topic of my upcoming book speechless controlling words controlling minds which you can pre-order now until it's canceled and then you can't pre-order it which
0: that is so weird like again their obsession with cancel culture the reason why you wouldn't be able to pre-order it after it's not being available to be pre-ordered is because it's for sale like that is such a weird way to say that because if it's canceled while it's pre-ordered that means it's not coming out at all so why would you pre-order a book that you're never going to get
4: Which is that for at least uh, 60, 80 years, the left was gaining ground, engaging in what a brilliant leftist theorist called a war of position, where you infiltrate the institutions, you gain power, and then slowly, slowly, gradually, gradually, you begin to exercise that power. And then when you've got enough leverage, you can suddenly spring a lot of social changes on people.
0: I don't know if a leftist came up with that um but it's certainly something that is successful in politics i feel like republicans have been doing the same thing with authoritarianism
4: this to attain what he called the cultural hegemony which was the big impediment to leftist radicals upending society
0: i I'm, I'm not sure if i buy that especially with how um multiculturally ob- obsessed a lot of leftists are so that's that's very weird, even like Jordan Peterson calls it postmodern multicultural Marxism, something like that. So it's um, yeah, multiculturalism, I think, is pretty important to the leftists. So having a cultural hegemony uh, doesn't make sense. And especially with the fact that they usually advocate for various ethnicities, races, genders. That's that's weird because I'm pretty sure conservatives fight for more of a um, he- hegemony over culture especially since they want you to usually be christian they want you to behave in a certain type of marriage uh, they want you to have a certain belief in democracy so it, that's that's weird to say
4: i want to focus though on this elitism thing because creating a new elitism is the point of progressivism she's saying it like it's a contradiction it's so
0: no it's not no it's not and that's the thing is that progressivism in our country like like almost every other ideological term is very muddled and misunderstood progressivism in this country is trying to move towards democratic socialism which most european states are already in and um, yeah no i'm just i'm just, like no <laughs> so weird we're supposed- like if you're heading towards democratic socialism you're using the elite's resources to provide a social safety net so it's 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 a little bit less elitist than he's painting it out to be. Now neoliberalism, however, much more elitist, and that's really the platform of the Democratic Party and even a lot of policies in the Republican Party, because Reagan was the founder of neoliberalist policies, not the founder, but the greatest implementer of it. And a lot of people, uh, especially Republicans, have been repeating his formula. So, um, yeah, no, they're they're extremely elitist and focused on corporate interests, which they refer to as national interests. Unless we're going to talk about elections, then it's we need to get rid of those special interests, which never really seem to go anywhere. Um, yeah, so no, the, the two party system is mostly elitist. Both of them are, but they try to play as populist so that they can continue having our consent to be governed.
4: We're supposed to be progressives, but we're elitist. The whole point of progressivism, you can read this in Woodrow Wilson's essay, What is Progress? He's our oh first left wing progressive president.
0: And again, like progressive was a different term back when Woodrow Wilson was a president. Um, Woodrow Wilson was a big segregationist and he was a Democrat, especially during the time that the Ku Klux Klan was the Democratic Party. Um, as, As soon as Woodrow Wilson got into office, he began segregating federal institutions, federal departments. He went in there and immediately started separating people by the color of their skin. He is not a progressive in what we term to be a progressive today, and it is a totally different term for Reconstructionists in the 1900s, Michael. So don't even call him a left wing progressive.
4: He said, The constitutional order was under the laws of Isaac Newton, fixed laws, permanent laws to the universe, permanent human nature. But now we're living under the world of Darwin, where everything is mutable and changeable and evolving. And in that world, the Constitution is outdated. So what we need
0: See, and even if that was a Woodrow Wilson belief that the Constitution was at once like Isaac Newton's laws of physics, like, no, it was never at that point, And only through your power of belief did you think that our Constitution fit human nature.
4: to do is instead of being governed by the people, according to the constitution, we need a group of intellectual progressive elites to make all of our decisions for us. And we're going to outsource this to something called the administrative state. And then we're going to, you know, still have politics kind of, we're going to debate pointless stuff, but really the decisions are going to be made by experts such as Dr. Fauci.
0: And then we have a giant leap of logic there um but here's the thing is that if we're facing a health pandemic or a health emergency doctors are probably the best people to listen to should we have only one doctor that we should listen to no i'm on the side of that we should have workers co-ops with strong federalized unions to where all doctors are connected through their bargaining power in the economic structure and in that way they would all be able to voice their opinion on the matters of a national pandemic So we wouldn't listen to just one expert, we would take in all of the experts and a lot of them would probably end up being discredited as we do have doctors that are discredited now because they would rather use their degrees and their certifications to push pseudoscience off of onto people. So um, that probably isn't going to go anywhere, but to actually trust experts to know their field is probably an integral part of becoming a strong society michael so um building that anti-intellectualism that's so fervent throughout the right wing and continuing to perpetuate that shame on you shame
4: sarah silverman goes on
2: again righteousness porn
0: and also too who brought on dr fauci during the aids pandemic or not pandemic but the aids epidemic oh that's right that was ronald reagan republican president and who used Fauci yet again during the coronavirus pandemic? That's right, Donald Trump, Republican president.
2: And I've been thinking about this a lot, just in general. I, I just, I don't know that I want to be associated with any party. I really, I think I don't want to be associated with any party anymore.
0: And I've, I've felt that same way for a long time too, but... um. Yeah, it just it comes with too much baggage.
2: Every party, it comes with so much baggage that no ideas can be taken at face value. And without ideas, what are we without a common truth? How can we talk about it?
4: You know, Dante actually makes this point in the Divine Comedy when he's talking to his ancestor, Cacciaguida. Talks about becoming a party of one because the parties are always going to disappoint you because they're these institutions. So there's something profound in what she's saying and I'm glad she wants to break away from her own party. But the thing is, She's accusing progressives of falling into this trap of dithering because everything's got to be perfect and it's all or nothing and so they don't get anything done. She's falling into the same dithering trap because in politics, if you want to do anything, you need to operate in tandem with other people. And the way that we do that is we form associations that we call political parties. And that's how you build a consensus and get things accomplished.
0: That's true. You need
4: political parties to do stuff in governments such as ours. Even further though. That's true. Even further, this whole, both parties. But
0: in order for societies to uh, be successful, you merely need cooperative organizing. So um, if we didn't have the exact system that we have, we wouldn't necessarily need two parties so long as we had cohesive cooperations.
4: It's a terrible thing. I'm so, I'm too good for all these parties. To me, this whole shtick is so arrogant and presumptuous. Wow. Statistically, 100% of voters fall into one of the two major political parties you're talking and
0: he's he's saying statistically it completely out of his ass like no it does not there were millions of people who voted third party during the 2020 election and um me as a registered voter is registered independent so no i do not fit within his hundred percent margin
4: now about 150 million people in this last election depending on the numbers you're looking at, it could be 160 million people fall into these two parties. Those are just the voters, even more than that, identify with the parties. If all those people are are in one of the two parties and you're not, is it possible that you're the one with the problem. (laughs) It it can't possibly be you, right? It's gotta be 150 million people totally wrong. Me, totally right. Generally speaking, the reason people fall into these parties, the reason the parties form is because there's- She
0: didn't even say that. She just felt that she's not being represented or that the, the party that she believed in is holding up their ideals. So she's not saying that she knows better than anybody. She feels misrepresented. And it's great that you're gonna take that even further by misrepresenting what she's saying
4: some coherence to the ideas. The idea that I would protect life and protect my property, the idea that I would protect life through social policy and protect my property through economic policy, those things go together. They come from a coherent uh, base that forms a political vision that then expresses itself in various policies. Same thing on the left.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't come anything specifically from your natural human state. That comes from the indoctrination of our educational system and how our society is structured. So if people realize that there's other ways to organize society, you might become disaffected from those easy, coherent values that you seem to pertain for yourself, which so happens to be the exact values that... Uh, conservatives and the Republicans use every two to four years to co-opt for their own national interests of supporting big government, I mean, big corporations.
4: The idea that you would upend various social policies and upend the economic institutions of government and upend our foreign policy. Sure. It comes from the same broad political vision and maybe you have a problem with that, but I think it's so arrogant to say, and now, whatever heterodox views I hold, that's my real opinion. No, maybe you're just beginning to question your old political vision, but you haven't taken the time and the effort. (laughs) To follow your new curiosities to their logical conclusion, which might not (laughs) leave.
0: And that's what they always point to, too, is that like conservatives are just common sense. Conservatives are the logical uh, end of your political search, which is hilarious to me, because when I realize that there's many more ideologies than our two party system, it's not the truth. Um, But it's very funny to me that he assumes that Sarah Silverman just just hasn't thought about the conservative party hard enough
4: you alone outside the political system it just might flip you over to the other side
0: or you could be like me and end up giving up on both political parties and selling your ideological dreams into a pipe dream that you know is not going to happen anytime during your lifetime but isn't worth uh, advocating for nonetheless and i will advocate for my pipe dream until the day i die let this be the hill i die on
4: some guys are able to evade political categorization. Guys like Bill Maher. Now, Bill Maher, he's a left winger, he's a Democrat.
0: <laughs> and it's funny too, because Bill Maher is my next, my, my next little top off to this Sunday uh, I guess Monday it's, uh, that's, it could have been a good ice cream joke if the days were different. Damn. Um, Bill Maher is a very obvious elite liberal like he sticks his nose up on a lot of things that he does not like and he's very obvious that he has a liberal bias. So it's very funny to me that he just said that you can't point put a finger on him because I can. He's a very xenophobic liberal like for sure. He's a liberal nationalist beyond anything for sure.
4: Democrat, but more than most left wingers and Democrats, he sort of contradicts his own group every now and again, and it's won some respect from right wingers. Usually I disagree with Bill because
0: there's nothing with actually questioning your beliefs or critiquing them. But unfortunately, the conservatives have shown that they don't like that, that if you aren't on a 100% supporter of the president, or I mean, the person you're backing, let it be the president. Because now if you did not support Trump, you're called a rhino. So like, let that sink in that that's how the conservative party operates now. They came up with a name for people who didn't back up Trump.
4: Omar, but occasionally I agree with him. And he's made this point, getting back all the way to what we were talking about at the top with that military guy prattling on about how women are, <laughs> pregnant women are, are just as lethal as men. He says Americans are becoming a silly people.
5: And finally, new rule, you're not going to win the battle for the 21st century if you are a silly people. And Americans are a silly people. That's the classic phrase from Lawrence of Arabia when Lawrence tells his Bedouin allies that as long as they stay a bunch of squabbling tribes, they will remain a silly people. Well, we're the silly people now. Do you know who doesn't care that there's a stereotype of a Chinese man in a Dr. Seuss book? China all 1.4 billion of them could give a crouching tiger flying f-
0: <laughs> and that's probably because they don't read dr seuss so um that's very insensitive to the people who do live here um so um yeah good
5: job because they're not a silly people If anything, they are as serious as a prison fight. Look, we all know China does bad stuff. They break promises about Hong Kong autonomy, they put Uyghurs in camps and punish dissent, and we don't want to be that, but...
0: But we have done that, and we are that, so please continue.
5: It's gotta be something between authoritarian government that tells everyone what to do, and a representative government that can't do anything at all.
0: Bill Maher and also puts up like expectations for a government that makes no sense. He wants an authoritarian government that has all the power, but a bunch of political people who decide not to use it. Like, honestly, ideologically just like junk food is what Bill Maher is to me. That's that's I'm hungry for more than that. And I think it's much deeper in the root of actually having a well-informed public to make their own democratic choices. Fuck representatives. I said it. Quote me, print it. Thank
4: you, Bill. He's 90% right here. 10% he's confused, but 90% right. Thank you. First of all, this dichotomy he's making between authoritarian government and free representative government, I think it's kind of a false dichotomy because America has always been a representative government. I think we're less representative now than we used to be why? during the founding era. And why do now we have that? government largely by administrative fiat, not by the will of the people as we, as we vote. Uh, but do you think that America in 2021 is more, bit more or less authoritarian than we were in 1790?
0: You know, that's relative to the time, right? Because like at the time there were slaves. So obviously we could say pretty easily that we're, uh, uh, more freer, right? But at the time too, the government actually did own most of our newspapers. So all of that was actually propaganda. So we didn't have a free press in the same way that we do now. So again, not as free then, but you were able to, um, own as many guns as you wanted, which meant we were more free back then people. You you could argue that white people were more free because they could choose to have their own slaves
4: in. I think a lot of people would say that we are less authoritarian, right? We can say more things. We have less strict social mores, just, just on the example of free speech. We can now burn the American flag while downloading high speed porn, probably in public in some places while smoking a fat blunt and nobody will say boo about it.
0: I don't know anywhere that you can necessarily smoke a blunt out in public. As far as I know, you are still not allowed to do that as much as you're not allowed to drink in public. it depends on the state that you're in. So that's weird. Um, Pornography also showed up in the early 1900s as well in public places where people would pay five cents to look into some binoculars and see some nudie pics. So we could argue that that was a free affair. The only reason why we can download high speed porn is because everybody has a computer in their pocket now, which the government uses to spy on all of us. So. If you really think about it, as far as the aspect that the Internet has given us free access to more information and pornography, it has also given more of the government our personal pornography and personal data. So a little bit more authoritarian than we used to be as well. It's it's a relative thing, and you have to break it up in issue by issue on whether or not we're more authoritarian on that or more liberal. And we're not doing that. We're just making a broad assumption of our government in its entirety so that's this is bad and again ideological junk food
4: all of those various activities are in in various ways protected by the law you couldn't have done that in 1790 so then you'd say okay well that's it was more authoritarian way back then but in some ways it's much more authoritarian now
0: i'm pretty sure you could smoke weed in 1790 because it wasn't made illegal in the united states until like the 60s wasn't it so even before the 60s they could smoke weed and they were much more free back then they did try do more try to do more authoritarian things by um making alcohol legal that was a thing so you know we could say in that way they were more authoritarian back then but again you have to break it down issue by issue this is this is dumb now
4: because we can vote and we can vote and we can vote and if our votes, if our expressed will, either that of the people or of our representatives, contradicts the politically correct, bureaucratically entrenched orthodoxy, it's not going to go anywhere. That's why these things often die in the courts. That's why, that's why President Trump, you elect President Trump, but he can't even control the executive branch in many ways because the bureaucracy functions (laughs) on its own, according to progressivism, as it was established a hundred years ago. That is some Useless, I think, sort of a dichotomy. Question is, do we have purpose? Do we not have purpose? In the 1790s, I think we had purpose as a country. I think we had a shared sense of national.
0: <laughs> we had a de- we had a country that we were developing. Like no no duh. <laughs> Again, it's so relative to the aspects and the issues and the, and the time. It's so weird to compare
4: identity. And I think we understood we only our like purpose as a country, our ideals, how we were going to put them <laughs> into practice. Now I don't think we do. This is a sign of decadent cultures. And we, I think have certainly fallen into decadence. Decadent and decay describe the same sort of things. So what we do is we turn inward this is expressed in declining birth rates we're not really as focused on the next generation this is expressed in ex-
0: how is declining birth rates the sign that we're not focused on the next generation when it that like that's really only a worry of national interest because we won't have enough workers i think a better way of being more concerned of the future generations is how are we handling public education for the ones that are being born why would the birth rates be the number one issue unless you were actually concerned about the economy more than the well-being of people
4: Exploding debt. We're not focused on the next generation, right? We're just focused on spending, 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 and ourselves.
0: Yeah, and neither is he. He's more focused on denying climate change than actually improving the conditions of the planet for all future generations.
4: Uh, having a luxurious sort of life.
0: It's not my fault that we've traded most of our exporting into importing and that we've decided to fight endless wars. and most almost nobody has voted for that. the The, 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 the manufactured consent that came out of 911 is the unfortunate aftermath that we all have to burden this debt because we were so fervent on having revenge
4: lifestyle. We're focused on our own appetites. So much of our national debate revolves around which of our sexual desires we're allowed to pursue today.
0: And that's because Republicans keep saying you can't pursue any of them.
4: (laughs) And, and which new desires we'll be able to pursue tomorrow. We're not talking about broader things. We're not talking about virtue all that much. We're not talking about our international, our geopolitical ends. Uh, We're not talking about higher ideals. If you enjoyed that break, for-
0: I didn't because it was vacant. It was such a vacuous, whatever you want to call that, Michael, that was terrible. All right. To just end it, wrap it up. We have elitist Bill Maher to, to get real elite on us. Just just to show you that I am a leftist who doesn't like quote unquote leftists. I do not like Bill Maher. I do not like finally, Bill finally, new rule. If you believe in the semi-air. philosophy
5: of equality of outcomes, then you really shouldn't have watched the Grammys last Sunday. Because the Grammys, aside from the usual award show, virtue signaling, are still largely about the idea that certain people do music better than others, and it's okay to reward them for it. That's called meritocracy, and it's the opposite of guaranteed outcomes. A quality of outcomes as opposed to a quality of opportunity? We used to call that by another name, trophy syndrome. A world that was...
0: (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing is that for kids, it hardly even matters. It hardly even matters, and you can keep competition alive. You really can, so it's... Like I, I get that people think there's been irreparable damage from handing every child a trophy for participating in sports, but there's you know, you can you can make the distinction by handing the, the kids that are winners a bigger trophy, problem solved. Everybody still gets a trophy, but the winners obviously get a bigger one. Who cares? It's kids sports. But as far as like we go with like our broader competitions that are professional, of course we want clear winners and losers because that's the that's the point of it. Um, I think It's a it's a dumb issue to really dive into. Damn. But like having the argument over equality of outcome isn't the best merely because equality of outcome is going to be nearly impossible to reach. There's always going to be someone who works harder, earns more, Um, but equal opportunity Different story, and we never really tend to agree exactly on what that is. Because in America, we have this idea that since you're born in America, that's your opportunity of equality. Now go achieve your American dream.
5: A world that was created back in the 90s, where everybody, every kid gets a trophy, no matter how good or bad they are at something. Well, the result of that kind of thinking is that American kids now have a totally diluted and unearned belief in their charm, brains, and talent.
0: Yeah, Bill Maher doesn't like a society where our self-esteem is too strong because some of it's undeserved.
5: It's not only that the entire generation wants to be famous, it's that they think not being
0: famous isn't fair. If you think and it's not because we do give a special treatment to people who are famous or who hold positions of power. So the meritocracy goes well beyond uh, certain levels of equality, beyond of what you do in your profession. It actually equates to uh, connection, social status, and your treatment by society.
5: I'm exaggerating. Let me quote from this article in Rolling Stone magazine last year lamenting how streaming has not given us a quality of outcomes in the music industry. Oh, the Grammys would look quite different if we followed this template. The article tells us that more than 1.6 million, million artists (laughs) released songs between January 2019 and July 2020, 40,000 tracks a day on Spotify, and yet Rolling Stone complains, today's streaming landscape looks a lot like the music industry used to. A small class of artists see not just the majority of activity, but damn near all of it. Yes, these
0: are called the good ones. And this is Bill Maher's elitism, because um, the thing about music streaming is that there are algorithms that provide other artists more exposure than others. And it even fits in more side that, like, everybody's algorithm is different. My Discover Weekly is going to be different than my roommate's. In in some cases, sometimes, you know, there's there's the same song or something like that. But um, in a lot of cases, these algorithms are building enough pockets for um, these big labels to pay as much money as they can to get their streams more into people's playlists than say other artists who can't afford that kind of front on payment. So an algorithm exposing people actually does have a lot of weight behind it. It really does. And there's a lot of artists out there who are really, really, really good and don't get the exposure to the level of other artists do. And that mainly, probably has more to do with their label less to do with their actual merit as an artist but it, uh, apparently in the industry you only have merit of it as an artist if you're either chance the rapper who made great connections before you know blowing up and is able to do his thing independently or you're another artist who signed to a label and then was led to those connections so it's this is, this is elitism, and it's coming from Bill Maher, the liberal.
5: I mean, yes, of course, an occasional big talent can fall through the cracks, but in general, it's simply a case that most people who try their hand at music write the songs that don't make the whole world sing. Rolling
0: Stone complains that, quote, nearly all Drake gets a big banner or even like a lot of artists who are dropping on New Music Friday, they get big banners that their albums are coming out, whereas other people don't. And their album can like either be found in your your specific new music where it goes directly to you because that's an artist that you follow. But it's not something that's always shown to everybody specifically because of algorithms. So we can pretend that there's not an, an invisible hand moving this inequity, but there is.
5: All the streams went to artists in the top 10%, with the bottom 90% pulling in just 0. .6% of streams. Whoa, let me get this straight. Talented artists people like are listened to more than untalented ones they don't? <laughs>
0: or they just haven't been heard yet, and this is pretty obvious of the elitism, is that if you aren't heard by other people, that means you just suck. Ooh.
5: Stop the presses. Yes, that's meritocracy.
0: If people don't like your song, your mommy can't make them listen to it. But that's the thing is it's still the the agents, the people who find the talent for the labels, who are the ones dictating what is going to be pushed onto the masses rather than algorithms actually pushing forward new and upcoming artists that aren't signed to labels, who don't pay the streaming services to put a big billboard or a big post about that artist. You know... <laughs>
5: You know why 99% of artists aren't getting heard? Because music is hard and most people suck at it. (laughs) For more details, Google reality.
0: See, and like, this is like one thing that Bill Belmar really does get off on is punching downwards on a group that's really easy to punch downwards on is a bunch of people who don't get their music listened to. That's easy enough. But I think it there's, there's value in this story and acknowledging that record labels and streaming services algorithms are colluding to continue pushing big popular artists and not allowing too much of underground artists to make their leeway. Now that isn't to say that these people aren't getting plays, that they aren't being discovered. They're just not being discovered on the same exact label or on level as labels. Rolling Stone
5: actually writes the sentence, in a perfect world, the bottom 1% of artists would get 1% of activity. No, they wouldn't. That's a stupid
0: world I don't want to live in. Who taught you this nonsense? And it's also weird too that he would assume that all these people who aren't popular aren't good artists. That's such a weird, it's so weird. Because, like, a lot of the best artists, like, my favorite artist was playing a bowling alley to a crowd of one person in 2015 before he actually got a decent amount of fan base. So that's so dumb. And when you
5: whine that streaming hasn't just upheld the gap between music's haves and have-nots, it's widened it. You're making my case for me. Because streaming allows the public to sample everybody.
0: There's no... Yeah, but you have to go out of your way to search it. If you're going through their playlists and what they display, it's usually through the the algorithms of what you like and also through what people pay to get into those playlists. More gatekeepers. You
5: can't complain. No one heard your song because no label would sign you. We tore that wall down and the result was the same. Some musicians are have-nots because yes, they may
0: have a voice, but we have ears. I mean, now I'm curious to how much, like, Bill Maher actually goes outside of his usual playlist and goes to discover artists. Because there's plenty of artists that I listen to that I do not understand how they're not on bigger platforms and performing at the Grammys.
5: It, it, it reminds me of the early audition rounds of the old American Idol, where contestants are all attitude and image, as if to say, can we not focus so much on the talent and just skip the part? to where the part I'm going to get to be an idol? <laughs> 72% of Gen Z say they'd like to be an online celebrity. And 54% of Gen Z and millennials say they would become an influencer given the opportunity. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I wonder how many kids in the 70s said they wanted to be a rock star. It's the same thing, Bill. It's the same thing. You're acting like this is some sort of weird new phenomenon for Gen Zers when it's exactly the same thing, but the margin of fame and notoriety and influence is moving on to a much more, uh, like, lower level on the internet. So, like, stay mad about it, bro. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't too much
5: work like making a sex (laughs) tape.
0: And it's on HBO. Speaking of which,
5: Paris Hilton just made... (laughs) Just made a return to the limelight, revealing that the ditzy party girl we knew back in the day was just her playing a character. (laughs) And that there really was more to her than sex tapes, driving drunk, carrying around a little dog, and saying, that's hot. (laughs) I mean, what about her work on the Human Genome Project? (laughs) You know what? Any jokes I did about Paris, I don't feel bad. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. I I just can't. I I can't be living in this time when we're madly on the hunt for anything with the slightest whiff of white privilege and then feel bad for Paris Hilton? It's not even that <clears throat> terrible. Maybe of a Paris person. is the She's one who never, owes us an apology.
0: <laughs> She's uh, never even gone out of her way to harm people in the same way that Bill Maher has gone out of his way with his Islamophobia. So like, uh, he doesn't have to be sorry for Paris Hilton's jokes, but making fun of her f- some more for saying I'm a little bit smarter than people think, uh, low blow, low low hanging fruit. And again, I don't find this guy very funny. <laughs>
5: for being patient zero for today's vapid, entitled, famous-for-nothing culture. She kind of birthed the world where every 15-year-old with a phone aspires to be an influencer. She's the face that launched a thousand little shits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not really, because there's a, a bunch of more people who have videos on the internet that were more inspirational to that. Um, Paris Hilton was the, the, the poster child of which he labored out to be, which is the 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 overly rich, youngin who just parties all the time. But th- that has nothing to do with the emerging internet culture that is an entrepreneurship for a lot of millennials and Gen Z people. <laughs>
5: Paris led directly to the Kardashians, and then to housewives, and teen moms, and Heidi's, and Snookies, and a generation of young girls who look up to the role models who managed to turn an unenthusiastic blowjob into an empire. <laughs> <laughs> young people who think talent, my talent is being me and you wanting to live my life. Kylie Jenner is a billionaire based on her ability to sit near a pool. (laughs) For the generations who are always
0: on and on about this is my voice. The free market decides, bro. That's what people are willing to pay for and I'm pretty sure she also has cosmetic uh, products. So again, low hanging fruit, dude. Like you're just bashing people that you think are easy targets
5: and I have something to say, an awful lot of that something is about lip gloss.
0: All right, cool beans. Yep, that's that kind of elitism that I don't think Silver uh, Silverman was talking about, but that's the kind that I do not like whatsoever. So thank you, Bill Maher, for your super elitist ways. Oh, man, politics and culture in this country is just terrible. I would rather drink bleach. The Tide Pod era was the height of our era. Anyways, this has been Tox News. Um, Find me on Twitter at Toxin, Uh, T-O-X-N-P-O-D. The YouTube channel is kind of broken right now until I get a stronger CPU, Uh, but check out the podcast on all platforms. Uh, Like, subscribe, rate, review. Like it if you don't like it, don't like it. That was sloppy. I'm always terrible at the outros, but that's 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 gonna be it until next time my pretties um go listen to jpeg Mafia because that's who i was talking about with the show for one